The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good afternoon, everybody. It's currently about 10 after 4 p.m. on Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Just a quick recap of Wednesday's games. Um, I'm not actually going to have a full-on recap of the T1 Fear X game because I honestly haven't gotten a chance to come through the second game yet, and I dozed off in the middle of the first game. I have gotten a chance to review the LPL, and I watched the Genji Kwangdong live, so I'll have some notes on that. Uh, I'll touch on the T1 FPX match tomorrow. I graded everything on the um, on my PNL sheet, which you can find at the top of my Twitter at Chilati LOL. Um, all of that's graded and caught up, but uh, I just haven't gotten a chance to watch the T1 games. I'll probably get to that tonight at some point. Um, Kwangdong, Genji, Genji with the 2-0. Um, the first game of this match was pretty one sided. Like, Genji more or less controlled it front to back. Massive, massive game from Chovy on the Azir. Uh, Canyon busted out the jungle fiddlesticks, which was cool. We haven't seen fiddle since, like, COVID, basically. Um, that was interesting. The second game was also really interesting. Honestly, I, th- I thought Kwangdong probably had this in the bag. They were up, like, about 5K at some point. I think they were up 5K at 20, if I remember right. And um, I didn't write that down in my notes. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, they were they were up huge. They were – they didn't have – I think they only had one dragon – and Genji had two at that point, but uh, Genji kind of turned a botched fight around the like they were setting up. Kwangdong were setting up for Baron. Genji kind of turned a fight there. Chovy picked off uh, Bull, if I remember correctly. It was Bull, or I think he picked off Bull, if I remember right. Who was on the Zigs this game? Um, Chovy on the it was it was not AD LeBlanc. It was like traditional LeBlanc, and they had AD like Kraken Slayer TF top lane in this game. Genji with like a full on pick comp. Uh, Gold Card, Twisted Fade, Vi, Chovy with the Chains, Varus Ultimate, uh, Nautilus, all the Nautilus CC. They had a full-on pick comp against the uh, basically zero frontline Kwangdong comp. Like, you had Aatrox and, and Lee Sin, but you had no true tank in this setup. So what they were looking to do was just, like, C-Champ, Kill Champ, keep it real simple, and that ended up working out for them. Um, we ended up splitting kill totals in this match. We... Uh, we got we didn't get the first game home. Genji won two clean. The second game we did get home because Genji had to come back. Um, same thing ended up happening in the T1 series from the looks of it. But again, I have to review those uh, those games in the LPL today. Uh, we had a really really goofy one in the LNG match. Uh, it was the LNG ended up getting the 2-0, which was very very good. But um, the first game in this match was. All but decisive. I thought, I, I frankly, I thought both teams looked pretty shitty. Uh, RNG, or like LNG looked like they blew the game open at some point in like the, I want to say like the third dragon fight. Uh, it was like 15, 16 minutes into the game. It looked like they'd, they'd blown this open after kind of having a slow start against the Senna scaling composition. I thought they were severely outscaled in this game. Not severe, uh, yeah, like severe, pretty severely outscaled in this game. So they had to get things going early. And they didn't, so it was looking like it was going to be an RNG win. RNG was keeping the gold clean. RNG got first tower. But um, 
eventually LNG like made a pick, blew the game open, and got it up, got out to like a three K gold lead. I was like, okay, like that's probably off to the races now. RNG haven't been good at you know reducing losses. And then LNG kind of threw a couple times, and this got really, really sloppy, but um, honestly, just extremely well played from Gala and Zika and Hong. Hong had a couple insane Renata ultimates in this one that kind of saved the game for them from getting, you know, too out of control for RNG. Um, probably, I would say this was probably, like, after the first throw, I thought this was probably, like, 60-40 RNG, and LNG were able to claw it back and win. The second game, um, we saw the Heimerdinger support um rng never really got their callista lane going and you know it, they had some momentum from top lane with breathe on the gwen against the Cassante, but rng never really got some got a lot of momentum this comp scales better than they had the callista as the carry and the lease in but um gwen and karma scale extremely well so it was and lng didn't exactly have like elite scaling either so it was possible rng got this game but lng more or less controlled this one couple little little errors but um, they had more or less had control of this game from beginning to end. Ended up with another nice day. Uh, we had, let me see, we were up plus 4.093 units for the day, which is very, very good. It's back-to-back -back solid days. Um, got a couple spots I'd like tomorrow. Let's move into that part of the slate. I almost forgot um, the most hilarious throw I've seen in a long time. Uh, we had Rare Adam Ultra Prime. This, the, the Game 2 throw from Rare Adam was one of the most egregious throws that I've ever seen. So I guess we got kind of lucky to see this get home. But they had a 9k gold lead. I know um, Ultra Prime picked up Hextech Soul. They basically had a 9k gold lead. Decided to just let Rare Adam have Hextech Soul. But Rare Adam decided to let Ultra Prime have Hextech Soul. That wasn't ultimately why they lost. But they ended up... Um, Xiaoshu um, ended up, like, splitting, getting caught out in the jungle. Rare Adam tried to, like, dogpile into, um, like, helping him, saving him, and got themselves killed in a really, really close fight. And it wasn't really that close. They were just, like, they were just dogpiling trying to save their friend. And they should have just either let him die and reset or, you know backed it into the jungle more instead of just like facing it head on where they ended up throwing a a 9k gold lead at 27 minutes which is I, you know i've seen bigger gold lead throws i don't this is probably like a top five like biggest gold leads thrown under 30 minutes that i've ever seen and i've been watching this game forever so yeah this was an all-timer and it, it would have been an all-timer even if they ended up winning this game so yeah pretty pretty wild one First match on Thursday morning, week five, day four in the LPL. We have Fun plus Phoenix plus 244 on the money line. The plus 1.5 maps is at minus 109. The minus 1.5 is at plus 695. Against Ninjas in Pajamas, minus 313 on the money line. Uh, the minus 1.5 maps at minus 111. Plus 1.5 is at minus 1105. Very, very interesting handicap. This is probably the two surprise teams for most people that haven't been watching the LPL this season. I think a lot of people expected NIP to be good. Just not first place good right away. Um, Fun Plus are more the surprise team. Uh, not a surprise if you read my preseason uh, predictions, uh, forward casting or whatever. But um, Fun Plus Phoenix, you know, essentially the handicap there or the thesis there was if the jungler, like the roster looks really, really good to me, but if the junglers are average, they'll be good. If the junglers are good, uh, I say collective junglers because it looked like it was going to be the two of them fighting for a job. But um, if the junglers are net good, then this team's like potentially a top six team, and that's kind of what's happened. Milky Way's been the rookie of the split. 
He won rookie of the split or rookie of the week all three times already. Um, tough to argue with it. He's been incredible. Um, really, really fun to watch. FPX aren't without their warts, but they're a legitimately good team. Um, pretty much everything besides their objective control numbers, which are kind of middling, everything else says that this is a legit good team. Maybe not an elite team, but their economy stats are for real. They are good. Um, they have more than a 90% quality win rate. Um, most of their loss, you know, early in the season, they were kind of losing fast. So I was a little concerned that like maybe they would just be like a feast or famine kind of team. They looked that way through like the first week and a half. Since then, they've really shored things up and almost all of their losses are quality losses. They've had a couple like thrown games kind of, but, um, I mean, FPX are good. Like this is a legit good team. I, their economy isn't quite elite level. Like their agnostic goal differential is only like a plus 36, which is good, but not elite. Um, and obviously, so they're currently ranked fifth in agnostic goal differential and IP are fourth. And there's a pretty substantial difference between the two. Um, so I, you know, I'm not entirely sure that they're all there yet, but, um, fun plus are good. They're here to stay. I think. Uh, the other the other angle here that's interesting is FunPlus have faced a like not like a super easy schedule, but they've really only had two tough matchups. You know they they had the backdoor win, or I guess not it wasn't backdoor, it was a front door win against against Top Esports. More an error on Top Esports in Game Three in their most recent match. Probably shouldn't have won that. Top Esports were way up in that game, and um, yeah, that was hilarious. It was a hilarious way to end that game, but. They did get the win, and their only really tough other tough matchup was Team WE in Week One. So I have a feeling that they're going to drop off potentially a little bit. I don't. I, their numbers might look a little bit worse, but this is still a legitimately good team. They're going to be a playoff team more than likely, and you know they have side choice for this series. NIP are very good as well. I don't think they're they're maybe not quite as good as their record, but we've been pretty early to the market on this team as well. I just think this is too big a number. Um, NIP are good. You know, and the interesting thing with NIP is, like, visually, like, I don't like the way they set things up for their objectives, but at the end of the day, they are getting them. Like, they have one of the best objective control rates in the league. They have the number one herald control rate. They're picking up 80% of the herald, more than 80% of the heralds. Um, you know, I don't like the way they set up. I think they're a little sloppy sometimes, and they get a little overzealous. But, you know, there's something to be said for, like, ultimately getting it done. You know, even if I don't think that's going to sustain quite as well. I just think like this is too big a number to lay on offside against a team that's playing extremely well right now in Fun Plus. And a team that we've seen can just blow up in a game even against another good team in in um, like Top Esports, for instance. So the models make this closer qualitatively. I think these two teams are more evenly matched and FPX have side choice. So like if, if I would have bet this even with FPX on offside, I absolutely love this with FPX having side choice, especially the money line position because they're going to get map choice on map three. Uh, I played uh, a one and a half stake, one point five unit stake on the fun plus plus one and a half maps at minus one hundred nine. Um, the fun plus money line plus two forty four for one unit, and the fun plus minus one point five maps at plus six ninety five for a quarter unit. Um, one of my bigger positions of the year. This is essentially a almost a triple stake on this match. Um, I think there's a. Ch I mean, look, it's they're an they're still kind of an inexperienced team. This is one of the. This is only going to be like the third match against a good team for Milky Way. The rest of these players have played against everybody, but I think they can get ninjas in pajamas. Ninjas in pajamas have been 
they're under they're undefeated in matches as favorites, but they're only four and three against the map spread, and they've had some sloppy macro despite the results of that macro showing that they are a good neutral objective macro team. Um, they've been a little bit sloppy and overzealous in closing out games. I think they're not as methodical as they could be. You know, it wouldn't shock. I mean, NIP are favorites for a reason. Like they've been very good, and this is a very good roster. And you know, I think Rookie's the best player in this game by quite a bit. But it's just right time, right place. You know, I think Fun Plus are for real. The market doesn't think they're for real, and that's the end of this handicap, honestly. Second match in the LPL on Thursday is Edward Gaming plus two thirty nine on the money line. The plus one and a half Mavs set minus one twenty two. The minus one and a half set plus five fifty one. Against OMG, minus 306 on the money line, minus 1.5 at plus 101, plus 1.5 at minus 823. So this will be only the fourth time OMG are favored this season. Um, they are 1-2 and two outright in those instances, uh, and they are significantly lower priced as favorites than they are in this specific matchup. Um, Edward Gaming, coming off of their first match win, a 2-0, a lucky 2-0, albeit, uh, over anyone's legend in their most recent outing. Um, they're starting a new support, a new, new support in Shamu. Um, Jamu, I think it's Shamu, if you're in like Mandarin or whatever, but um, running Ale and Monkey in the top side again and starting a new support. Um, so this guy, Shamu, he's not exactly like an elite prospect or anything like that, but he's kind of been floating around the LDL since 2019 uh, with a couple of different organizations. He's been kind of passed around. He's a real, like, journeyman type, right? While he's not – I mean, if he was good, he probably would have gotten a shot already, although in the EDG's case, they've had Mako this whole time, so it's not like he would have gotten a lot of chances anyway. Um, only thing he's done wrong, really, is sit behind a good support for a lot of times. And if you look at some of the other teams he's been on, he was on um, Joy Dream, so he was behind uh, Lou Mal back in that that era when he first started. And, you know, not getting a start in any of his two years on V5 is a little bit weird, V5's academy. But since 2020, he's been with EDG's developmental team. So he's been sitting behind Mako the whole time. A little bit weird to me that he hadn't, like, this wasn't the original plan to begin with going into the season. Maybe it's indicative of their thoughts on him. But, like, they pulled a dude directly out of solo queue and started him for the LPL team instead of starting Shamu. So, like, maybe he just sucks. I don't know. I'm not saying he's probably going to be good, but, like, I think he's probably going to be more polished and more experienced and not have a panic attack all the time um, than Vampire was, who was literally a dude that played, like, three games in the developmental league ever, and that was it. It was, like, three or four games, and then they threw him right into the fire, right? Uh, Shamu is at least more seasoned. You know, he's been a professional player since 2019. So, you know... It can't really get much worse for EDG. Um, the Snake had a great series the last time out. I have a feeling this could be a potentially a meaningful upgrade. And, like, even the way you need to look at this situation is Vampire was, like, a straight-up negative 10. He was the Tim Boyle of supports, right? You, they went from a positive 10 in Mako, like, maybe the best of all time. They went from Tom Brady to Tim Boyle is essentially what happened here. Um, Shamu, even if he's just, like, I don't know, Mike White, or something like a like a like an okay backup quarterback. Um, even if he's just okay and is like a negative five, that's that represents a significant upgrade because the rest of the roster, you know, you know they they haven't been playing well, but like there's enough players here that this should be okay. You know, like this should be an okay team. And I assume that Shami was probably practicing with Ale and Monkey on the side 
with this, like the whole season. So maybe there's some synergy there with the facilitating pieces of this team. Um, anyway, so that's that. Shamu getting the start for EDG. Keep that in mind, especially for you DFS players. Um, OMG, OMG are kind of a tough team to handicap too. They're a little bit. They're one of these high volatility teams like KT Rolster. If you look at um, patrons, I posted. I just like gave a snapshot of the game grade, like the raw game grade, not adjusted against the league for OMG's um, matches. And you can see that there's like maybe three, two or three like average or median looking samples in their entire sample. Like they either get stomped or do the stomping. Uh, recently, their most recent couple matches, it's been extremely volatile. Um, not a lot of, it's just like KT. There's not a lot of median looking games, not a lot of middling looking games. Um, so what do we do with high volatility teams? It's the same thing we do there. We back them as big underdogs and we fade them as big favorites. This is by far the biggest favorite price that OMG have been this season. I'm going against the models and backing EDG again. It makes me sick to my stomach that I'm going to war with this team twice in a row with how awful they've been. But OMG, just like I said with AL the other day, OMG don't be desert like they don't deserve to be laying 300 against anybody. Maybe, maybe rare Adam. Maybe. And that's about all I can come up with. Like, and EDG before the roster changes, I would have said maybe EDG, maybe. But on offside, this team is way too volatile to be laying 300 to anybody. So, you know, like, I mean, minus 300 is an implied 75% chance. Is OMG 75% chance to win this match on offside? No way. Get the hell out of here. So, I played EDG plus one and a half maps, minus 122 for one unit. EDG on the money line, plus 239 for a quarter unit. And EDG minus 1.5 maps at plus 551. Uh, I kind of like the spot. I think Shamu could potentially be an upgrade. And I think OMG shouldn't be laying this kind of price to anyone. And EDG have side choice. So that's the uh, the premise there. Next up, we have Weibo Gaming, minus 235 on the money line, minus one and a half maps at plus 133, plus one and a half at minus 727. Uh, against anyone's legend, plus 189 on the money line, plus one and a half maps at minus 162, minus one and a half at plus 499. Weibo are 4-1 and one as favorites, 4-1 uh, and one against the map spread as favorites. They've been mostly getting the job done, but it has not been pretty when you actually watch their games. AL are coming off of an 0-2 loss in two games that they probably should have won to the aforementioned Edward Gaming. Um, they are 1-2 straight up as underdogs. Uh, same against the map spread. Um... These two teams are kind of similar in that um, they are the opposite. They're not very volatile at all. Uh, in terms of like their data sample, they're not volatile. They play very median games. They're right on the league average in most of their games. They keep a lot of games close. They're kind of doing like the TT, you know, keep a force parity approach kind of the approach to the game right now. Makes a lot of sense. Weber are dealing with roster moves. Still trying to figure themselves out. And that's playing a lot into this. Anyone's legend. This is kind of a departure from what we've come to know, like know this organization as. They, they used to be like the the high volatility team. Um, haven't been the case this year. Both these teams are kind of like just watching their film. Like they take the same kind of approach, which is like keep the game close. Hopefully, we win late game by scaling. And you know, I compare Weibo. Weibo and LNG are kind of in a similar spot where they're two teams that I think are eventually going to be good. But right now are kind of figuring themselves out, so they're keeping the game simple, playing a super simple scaling style, and that's how they're approaching the game. Um, the problem is right now when you do that, you kind of let teams hang around, and you're you're creating parity in a game where there's a lot of coin flip situations. And you know, Weibo haven't been decidedly excellent 
in the mid game, like mid and late game either. Like they've made a lot of really bizarre setups and macro decisions in general, especially around Baron. And I think like if they were playing a cleaner macro game, this is very similar sounding to the LNG handicap yesterday, by the way. Um, but I'm not feeling the same way about it. Uh, if they were playing like that style and their late game looked pretty clean and decisive to me, it'd be one thing, but it hasn't been. So like, I don't exactly have confidence in like the scaling teams that don't have particularly good looking late games right now, because it's like, Oh, you're, you're scaling into a thing that you're only okay at. That's a little, you know, it's better to be simple than, than complicated, but it's not exactly confidence inspiring. So, uh, you know, Weibo do have side choice for the series. I do think AL probably like not as good as we've seen so far, but I think they have a really, really good bot lane that can match light and crisp. And I think Shanks can kind of Shanks and Krakow can hopefully hang with Xiao Hao and Xiao Hu. Uh, top side, I do give the edge to Weibo on the top side of the map. Maybe a slight edge to Hope and Kyle in um, the bottom lane, but like I don't know individually kind of an even matchup my models made Weibo a, a smaller favorite than this like just short of a pick em. if you want to give them a bump for side choice I would probably line this somewhere like minus 175 if I had to um so there is an edge here I think Weibo are the right side they've had better objective control even though I haven't liked their objective setup um the pro I just don't like that they're not creating advantages right like the way to fade Weibo I think is going to be like if the price is huge or if it's a team that's got a good early game. Um, anyone's legend, tr they, you know, they have a lead at 20 minutes in less than 48% of their games and a significant lead in just about, it was like a little over 5% of their games. So if if I don't think they can get a significant lead, these games are just going to be like kind of coin flippy. And I would lean toward Weibo, even though I'm criticizing their macro, I would lean toward Weibo still in those kind of situations just because of the experience and everything. Um, and then side choice, I think is going to matter for them getting, getting a premium composition for scaling as well. So like, I don't know, this is like probably a slight edge toward the anyone's legend side in this match, but I'm not actually playing anything. I'm also not, you know, my projections made this kill total like almost 27, but f these two teams like frequency wise have not been getting past that very often. Um, Weibo kind of have because they play these games where like they it's parody and sometimes they throw it back and forth in the mid and late game. So if you want to play that kind of angle, you could. But I didn't actually have any plays in this match, so no action in Weibo. Anyone's legend. I would lean Weibo just qualitatively, but I didn't end up playing anything. All right, moving on to the LCK. We have two matches in the LCK tomorrow. Um, because of the DDoS attacks in the in-house network that they're dealing with, which is, which is really, really sketchy, to be honest with you. I don't know how that's happening because they use an in-house network for this. But anyway, um, for, for until they say otherwise, uh, until further notice, they're going to be playing everything remote uh, via, I guess, the tournament server. Um, so the LCK teams are going to be playing from home, and we're going to be watching VODs. This affects us as, as uh, cappers in a few ways. We're not going to be able to get out of any positions live, uh, which matters. And some teams just don't play well in the stadium and out of the stadium. And some, you know, they lack focus at home. Um, the game is different played remote straight up. We learned about this during COVID that it was a pretty jar. And this is a pretty jarring change because it's just happening in the middle of the season like this. Um, it's not like we're getting, you know, too much experience with this otherwise. So not recently anyway, I, 
I'm just going to tread cautiously this week in the LCK. There's honestly not a lot of spots I really like tomorrow anyway. We'll see how the rest of this week goes. It's really unfortunate that this is happening, but yeah, I don't know. Um, the other thing too, I'll just quickly mention, you usually see higher kill totals when we play remote because the player's a little more loose. Um, feels kind of solo QE. Psychologically, it is an effect to stepping into the stadium and, and you know, it's time to work and it's serious and all that. And But I don't know, some teams play better and some teams play worse and we just don't know who's going to be better and worse remote, who's going to be better and worse in person, etc. right now. So I'm I'm playing very, very late. I actually have no plays on this LCK slate. Spoiler alert if you just want to skip to the end, but I'm going to cap these matches anyway. Um, we have D plus Kia, minus 823 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps is at minus 186. Against OK Brion Savings Bank, plus 551 on the money line, plus 1.5 at plus 151, minus 1.5 at plus 1266. Uh, Brion coming off back-to-back wins against Kwangdong this weekend. Um, D plus were the first series to be disrupted by the network issues. That was like the seven-hour day that they played. Um, kind of, you know, you could indicate like opposite momentum here for these two and you know, I, I want to give credit Brion, or not credit Brion, uh, okay, Brion, uh, some credit for, that was a tough sentence to say, <laughs> um, for what they've done. This is the first time all season they looked like they've had a pulse. I don't think it was just an underperformance from Kwangdong. They looked a lot better uh, this weekend, and they're playing much more proactively and more confidently. And as I mentioned before, like, if that's going to be how they're going to be, kill total overs are an interesting look for them. But again, I don't know how the remote thing is going to play out, so I'm just I'm just sitting on my hands for now. Um, I don't think this team's good still. It took a huge overperformance and a huge underperformance to get that result home and kind of robbed me of a bunch of money. But um, at the same time, it's like D-plus have been completely shit-stomping all the bad teams for the most part. They had like one sketchy game against DRX, and again, like the pause impacted things. The thing is, like you might get pauses here too. I would, if you made me play anything in this, I would probably just play like map one, damn one spread, map two, Brion spread, like kill spreads, or I would just play like Brion plus one and a half maps, hoping for some like just remote play volatility or something like that, or like weird pauses and stuff like that that just disrupt everything and make this more of a coin flip. But I'm not playing anything. Um, next match, we have Nongshim Red Force minus 165 on the money line, uh, minus one and a half, plus 183, plus one and a half at. Uh, minus 491 versus DRX, plus 135 on the money line, plus 1.5 at minus 227, minus 1.5 plus 361. Just the second time Nongshim were favored this season. Um, that's notable. I think of late, Nongshim have looked like they're sort of starting to differentiate themselves from the dumpster fire tier teams that we've seen at the bottom of the table. I think, qualitatively speaking, I think they're sh- more consistently showing um, good things, things that you want to see, uh, improvement in general. But I also just don't trust this team still. Like, I still don't think they're a particularly good team uh, just because they've shown more consistent flashes of good things than the other bad teams. So I would say that they are, like, decidedly better, but I'm not comfortable enough to the point where, like, I'm backing them as favorites. Model made this minus 180, plus 163. Nongshim get a bump for side choice in most situations that would get this north of minus 200. But I got to be honest with you folks. Like, I just don't trust bad teams as favorites very often it's very very rare that i do that and drx aren't without a pulse like they've been the worst team but they're not you know they're still showing some things they're just inconsistent and um i don't know stylistically you could point to this maybe being a mismatch in favor of nongshim because they've been pretty quick to the draw like their uh, early game's actually been okay against especially against bad teams they've had a couple good early games against good teams too 
DRX will still are still trying to play like the scaling thing. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. I I would actually lean Nongshim here and lean kill total overs. I think this could be potentially bloody, but I'm not playing anything. Same kind of logic. I just I don't know how these teams are going to be remote. So um, I will wait and see. We'll have a little bit more of an idea after the first match, but very likely until further notice, this is going to be treading lightly in the LCK. Um, if you want to be more aggressive and play the kill total overs for the remote angle, I don't blame you, but I'm just kind of chilling for now. Um, that's going to be it for me. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe, share with your friends, uh, retweet, uh, get the word out there. Uh, hit me up on Patreon, and I will see you all tomorrow.